0: Reveille, reveille, dogs. Look at us now, tip to tip. This is our life. This is our passion. That's the spirit we bring to this show. I'm
1: Luke Thomas. I'm Brian Campbell. This is Morning Combat. Well, today should be fun, ladies and gentlemen, because not only is it a Wednesday MK, it's a Wednesday MK in studio, and it's a Wednesday MK in studio. With the wheel of death. Oh, this should be terrible. Hi, everyone. My name is Luke Thomas. I am one half of your hosting duo, duo, doo doodo, doo-do doo feces. <laughs> I get paid for this job inexplicably. I am joined by my compatriot, my fat-faced friend, who is also <laughs> a Showtime Foxy commentator. I'm working on it, okay? I'm working on it. Uh, it's Brian Campbell. What up, BC?
0: Yeah, wow. You know, we're back in the, the uh, I don't even, again, I don't know what we call it. It's not the bomb shelter. It's not Orchids of Combat. Some people have said, what what did that one fan say? We should call it, I forgot what he said. That's a great story you just Um, said. Instead of the Man Cave, the M Cave. The M Cave. All right, that's a little terrible, but it's not Yeah, it's pretty bad, it's pretty bad, but but it was was a good effort. We're back, and you know what? We're just better together forever, forever. Uh, So why don't we do the show? Why don't we spin the wheel, maybe do some fan subs? Uh, we might get a, a late-minute parachute interview dropped in on this live Possibly. show. Anything can happen in Jersey City when you get BC and LT together. So let's, let's, yeah,
1: right. Did you see any of the new ads for the Disney Plus show, Miss Marvel? The new, the new Marvel show. This no, is relevant, actually. But
0: season four of Marvelous Mrs. Maisel just it just blows. What happened to it? Dude? I don't even I know what, mean, that what is? happened. But right?
1: Miss Marvel, the new show that is going to be on Disney Plus, it takes place in Jersey
0: City. Oh wow! How about that? Yeah, real fucking yeah. dump. You know the only people to come out of Jersey City on top, I think, were Bobby Hurley and Terry DeHare. What about uh, Joe Budden? Um, yeah, yeah, all right. He's got a podcast. He rap for a little while. Yeah, yeah he, was good good he He's a good run. He's okay. He's Wow, Corey, wow, Corey, Corey just oh, slandering oh, Joe wow. Budden in the back. Corey's like, wow. actually, I'm not sure he it was ever actually. Corey's there. like, let me interject here. <laughs> yeah. Joe Budden is species. You know, where are we on getting that live mic and camera? Like, the thing about these producers in our ear, if you're mm-hmm. going to say something, if you're coming on, like, put, come right on camera. Okay? Our producers
1: have lots of opinions. Lots of them. Sometimes they're pretty funny. You should hear them. We'll, we'll work on that. Anyway. Yeah, we, t- we once
0: had the Jay Aaron experiment. We tried that. Well, thank there. God He's fired. Okay. Yeah, you should put the mic in the yeah, show, Corey. Corey,
1: Corey is, Don't threaten me with a good yeah, time, Yeah, you should, you should back up your words. Uh, also, on today's show, we'll talk about, of course, there is a UFC this weekend. The UFC is back in the UK after, what, several years at this yeah. point. There's some Dustin Poirier news. There's, of course, big Showtime boxing news. As BC indicated, the... I'm not going to show it in the totality, wheel. but the wheel is here. We're going to get to the wheel and your fan soap. So thumbs up on the video if you like it. Sub it if you haven't already on YouTube. If you're listening on the podcast, give us a nice review. Um, BC, Morning Combat listeners, we want you to compete with us in a bracket challenge game. Yeah. Join us at cbsports.com slash Morning Combat Brackets, and the winner gets a $100 gift card to Paramount+. Plus. Click the link in our description to join. Uh, by the way, RJ, our dunkle Maker, yeah. our intrepid uh, merch guy, has sweetened the deal. Ooh. He is going to add a $50 gift card to the MK Store to the winner of our bracket. So just so you know, uh, you don't have to know anything about college basketball. Every person who enters will be messaged a discount code to use at the MK Store anyway. So the best one gets 50 bucks. but the other ones we're going to get some discounts. Everybody wins is the whole point here. Yeah, yeah.
0: Look, who is your favorite college basketball player of all time? Seriously? Yeah.
1: Um, who was the kid who played for, uh, he had the big dispute with Aaron Andrews. And he played for Auburn. And this was the guy that went up in... Or maybe it wasn't Auburn, but it was a blue and, and, and orange team. And he was the one that used to troll all the cl- the, the crowds. What the fuck was his name?
0: Uh, I don't know that shit.
1: Um, if you're talking about, like, memorable ones...
0: That's your favorite player of all time? Not Allen Iverson? Not fucking Stefan Marbury? Like, uh, what? Iverson
1: played, what, one year at Georgetown? two
0: years, and they were epic, okay?
1: okay? Uh, I'll go... I gotta say, my favorite college basketball team was the 2002 uh, Duke Blue Devils because that was your boy Um, Jay. What's his name? Jay Williams. Mike Dunleavy. Uh, Shane Battier. Mike Dunleavy. Boozer. Boozer. Uh, Oh, who was it again from Ole Miss? Marshall Henderson from Ole Miss. That's your favorite player of Dude, all time, really? Dude, because, because the guy just gave out the middle finger to everybody. What about you? Some white guy, right? No, Alonzo Mourning at Georgetown oh, was okay. my favorite college basketball player. You big East loser. You're just, the no, worst. Stop. stop. You're the worst. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so there's that. By the way, if you want to get into our merch store, do you see
0: anything going on at the merch store for right now? Uh, yeah, it's morningcombat.store, and there's uh, St. Patrick's Day merch, which is still live for this week, For uh, so celebrate with us. Aaron, go bra or, or lose the bra. It's your choice, right? That's de- the second time you made It depends how long she'll be there at the uh, bar on Thursday. Um, yeah, I think I nailed it this time. The first time was like I was workshopping it, like a lot of your tweets, right? You know, you know what I'm saying? All right, let's get, let's get into it.
1: All right, in any event, so there's that. And, uh, yeah, email the show, morningcombat at gmail.com. That's for today's fan subs for Friday's Dead Wrong. Anything else you need to do to reach the show? And I think that is it. Are you ready to get going?
0: Yeah. Also, right. uh, we, we talked to the boss, Steven Espinoza. Yes, and we did. that chat, which of, of course co aligns with the launch of Showtime's boxing spring and summer schedule, you can catch that on uh, youtube.com/slash morningcombat. It's going up shortly.
1: Yes. And of course, if you want to try Showtime, you get a 30-day free trial if you go to Showtime.com. Keep it if you like it, don't if you don't.
0: We well, talked to the weasel.
1: Hey, could our, camera, could our cameraman eat more loudly? Yeah. <laughs> I, love, I love that guy, Big Lou. <laughs> Dude, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. If you're hungry, eat. It's just funny. You picked the loudest food imaginable. Yeah. You could play an instrument with those things. I'm teasing. Go ahead and eat your food. Later. Okay. Uh, <laughs> topic number one. Let's,
0: you've been let go. <laughs> Thank you.
1: Yes. Uh, please see yourself out. All right. Topic number one. We go to UFC London. Now, they tried to go in March of 2020 when the world fell apart, but... They are finally back, and they have a card full of British talent. In the main event, Tom Aspinall, probably one of your better prospects in all of MMA, certainly in the heavyweight division. He, I would say, and Taito Ivasa are probably in the the lead contendership role for the young guys in their 20s who can still do good things, taking on a bit of a grizzled veteran, but still very good, Alexander Volkov. BC, are you buying the Tom Aspinall hype?
0: Yes, I'm just not buying it for right now, meaning we're not making predictions or picks here. But, Luke, you know, when we did our sort of year end look ahead, what are your thoughts and hopes that could happen this year? I think Alexander Volkov is putting it together, and I think this is the year he's going to move directly into legit title, you know. Uh, situation, either getting a shot at the title or being right on the outside looking in. He's going to need big, strong step-up wins, and this is one of them. But if you look at his losses the, in recent years, it's only been to the elites, and I think he figured out things in those losses that he needed to do differently. I mean, I think, Luke, you can argue that Volkov really bounced back well from that Curtis Blades loss in particular. Big time. And in which he was in it late, for sure, but yes. it was almost it was as if that felt like a turning point. And look, he's relatively young for heavy, what was he, like 32. Volkov? Yeah. He is Um, 33. 33. He's uh, obviously powerful, but it's when he's able to control distance and work in more strategy and variety of kicks and punches, you're not going to dominate him on the ground. So do I believe in the Tom Aspinall buzz and hope? Long term, I'm not convinced, Luke, but I'll still buy in on that. I'm not sure, though, I believe that he's not going to run into the buzzsaw named Alexander Volkov here, okay? So put that one in your vape hole. Okay.
1: Here are, yeah, it's a funny joke. Here are the wins that he has in the UFC Jake Collier, Alan uh, Baudot. I don't know anything about that. But then he fought Andre Orlovsky. He beat him inside the first round. And then he beat Sergey Spivak, who just ran through Greg Hardy in two minutes and 30 seconds. He only has. Uh, he has two losses on his record, one via heel hook, but that was you know back in 2015, and then one with just a 12-6 elbow he lost because of that. Other than that, he has been on a bus saw. In fact, through all of his UFC fights, 45 seconds into round one, 135 into round one, 109 into round two, 230 into round one. On the one hand, BC, this is clearly very impressive, and if you watch it, those wins are in no way accidental. But if you're Volkov here, you've got tons of experience against heavy hitters, and At the UFC level, Aspinall has not—he's not even tasted the second round, for crying out loud. This is your main event. This is for five rounds. I wonder—it's not that I don't think Aspinall is necessarily uh, up to the challenge in terms of ability, but at this stage, nothing has fully prepared him for Volkov. So if he's going to fight Volkov and win, he has to show us something that none of these other guys could ever pull out of him.
0: Fair? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Would you say a victory here for uh, Aspinall, which is certainly not out of the question by any means, especially heavyweight M- the MMA at this level? And if you're going to say he's the favorite, then, I, you know, like- I get it. I get because of the – there's nuances to Tom Aspinall's game that you don't see in the typical young, good-looking heavyweight that's coming up. There's there's some next-level stuff. You know, you can see in the way he looks at the how he a- operates and, and lays it out. But would a victory over Volkov here, here be – or how close would it be to as big as the Ty Tuivasa one? Because you name those two as sort of in the same position as guys hmm. who may have next. And, and look, um, say what you want about Derek Lewis, but uh, Ty Tuivasa, like, kicked that freaking door in, dude. He did. I mean, he you know, whether Lewis imploded again in a bad spot, I'm not – I mean, he was. He seemed like he was giving and trading pretty good, Derek Lewis, in there for a while. Um, But, you know, he, I mean – <laughs> He tore that door off the hinge, rampage, and tough style. By the way, that shit was made out of, like, uh, flypaper, probably.
2: Probably.
0: Um, Luke, do you think, I know you don't want to go in this direction, and that's what we say, wheel of death floor, but if I could lose 18 pounds and get in better shape, that I could, I, could, I could roll with Volkoff. Like, we look like brothers. We look like we're from the same... Isn't he, like, 6'9"? Yeah, I mean, he's got a little bit of height on me, but I, I think I think he. I don't think
1: you guys... Do you, have a, do you have a manta ray tattoo on your back that turned into a Hanya mask?
0: Yeah, so that thing's a little bit... of It's aggressive. It's, a, it's aggressive. It's, it's, aggressive. A, it's, it's, it's a lot um, of ink. It's a lot of ink. I yeah. like it, but... Uh, do you think it looks a little GoBot transformer to you? I don't know what the GoBots are. They were the bootleg transformers. Not like the ones your grandpa would buy you at the grocery store, like those ridiculous bootleg. like throw those in the trash, but they were like the in-between big market bootleg of... Uh,
1: only you are familiar with more of the bootleg items of childhood oh, fantasy yes, toys than yes, I am. Absolutely. I was going to say this, though. It's pretty clear that the UFC is desperately looking for, I won't call it the Michael Bisping replacement. That's probably not quite right, but somebody to fill the role that he also filled. Now, he is his role is somewhat unique, first British champion in the UFC and all that kind of stuff. Obviously, anybody who comes afterwards can't be that. But what I mean to say is he was the leading light for the UFC's promotional efforts in that country. Darren Till was supposed to be that guy yeah. and has had to, to, to sort of reassert himself, and we'll see how that goes. Now, Arnold Allen is on this card as well. We'll talk about him in a second. But fair to say, I would say that a lot of the UFC's hopes in the UK rest on the shoulders of Tom Aspinall. It's interesting. They want a big star that they can promote, and he looks like he could be the goods. This is a very tough
0: test. Because this is perfect timing if he's going to be for real to get this opportunity in front of the home crowd here and the long-awaited return to the UK amid all the... The, the crazy COVID stuff, which you say isn't done yet, Luke. Don't don't do that shit. To I don't.
1: Me. I don't say it delightfully. I just, it's not done yet. I don't know what to tell you. It's. I wish it was, but it's not. You so.
0: should pivot. Like Colby had to pivot off of his Trump character after the election. You should pivot off you COVID. You should pivot from COVID and just become Latin Fauci, <laughs> and you'd be like, I've seen the weather. I've seen the statistics, in the round. You know what I mean? It's just totally like.
1: Yeah. Uh, and heavy. Right. Now the um, the 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 two wins that he had since. Excuse me. The two losses that Volkov has had. In the UFC, obviously he lost to Derek Lewis with that sort of like crazy situation. But since then, um, he beat Greg Hardy, he lost to Curtis Blades, and then he lost to Cyril Gaum. Here's his wins, though. Walt Harris, Alistair Overeem, and then Marcin Tybura. Overeem doesn't have the sturdiness that he once did, but that is a quality win that he's got.
0: Would you agree with me, maybe not going as far and being so high on Volkov in general and Volkov in this fight, but would you agree in general that although he may be the worst of the group, Volkov looks like an elite heavyweight?
1: Yeah, I think that's pretty fair. He didn't used to be when he was in Bellator. He had really poor takedown defense, and so for as good as his striking was, it was just his game was kind of one-sided. He really ironed that out. Now, it's still not his strong suit, but it's not nearly the liability that it once was. Well, and was.
0: he still has to show, of course, that he can make the leap to the to the real elite level that he's sort of on the on the steps of getting into and win those fights. That's how you get into title positioning. I just think I've seen him start to turn a corner that he's gonna have to prove. If Aspinall's though got the crowd and he's the betting favorite, I saw Tyson Fury put out a video supporting him. So it seems like, That's as great. you said, that everything's you know crossing paths at the right time, that Aspinall's on the run and his star value seems ready, that giving him this opportunity could be massive. For One
1: him. last point on Tom Aspinall. The UFC, uh, Dana White once admitted a mistake that they had made in the early plans that they had with ufc which was they looked at where was boxing big let's just map our future onto that so that was mexico and the uk and they the mexico effort took a long time they did push into the uk matt hall fought carlos newton i believe that was in the uk as well i might wrong me if i'm wrong but they had in Ian the machine freeman i think fought frank Mir over there so they had modest success but it wasn't until michael bisping really broke through and some other fighters dan hardy and some other ones where they began to build a market but you know you know this from the boxing side bc we watch what happens with the UK on the boxing side. Even a smaller fight like Conlon versus Wood, it is huge, dude. The UFC Life must, for death
0: out there, dude. Dude,
1: the UFC must look at the rabid nature of UK fans, and look they're at Bellator all at
0: these Irish. Exactly, cards, dude. I
1: mean, dude. UK and Ireland, they want a piece of that so bad, and you can understand it, dude. The UK, the UK boxing fans, they might be the best combat sports fans on earth. They're insane. They're insane. And the UFC just hasn't been able to be in that market. They haven't had a start. They can really groom that market, so to speak. Tom Aspinall, I would say, represents their best hope at turning that around.
0: Is it possible, though, that they're hedging this perfectly with the this is where they're bringing Patty Pimlett cycling UFC he's fight? He's another one, yep. Where this may not be about Aspinall in the end, meaning Aspinall might have room here to potentially win and win boring and not make the big leap, but Pimblett's coming Pimlet's right the other one, as, too. But the, th- th- the
1: thing is, I would say this for Pimblett: as, as much promise as he's shown, to me he's still... He's good, but you just look at the matchmaking. And, of course, the matchmaking early in the career of Aspinall. They didn't give him hammers necessarily either. But I would say that the UFC is probably going to slow-row him. Uh, Everyone wants to race him to the front because he's popular. I would really caution against that. He is good. He is still a little bit green in some areas of the game. Aspinall might be because we only see him for a round. That's the difference. So... We'll have to see who ends up being the better one. But you're right; they're out, they're, they're, they're planting several seeds. Well, it's here. interesting
0: with Paddy Pimble, If you allow me to transition, I'm to sorry. Right please now, do it. Yes. Um, that you know, we have obvious concerns, and then even in his, his UFC debut win, for as hyped <clears throat> as it was, and for as exciting as it was, God, I mean, he, he showed he was in trouble there too, and had had a lot of moments of just, you know, is he really that? Yes, he's doing a poor man's McGregor sort of angle. Not You know, even with, with whether it's intended or not, it sort of looks like that. But, dude, he's now starting to get himself into skirmishes with the intensity of a young McGregor where, don't forget, we doubted a young McGregor at every single freaking turn on yep. that initial rise, and sure he had did. to prove us wrong. Paddy Plimblett now getting into a dust-up here with Ilya Tuporia, which we're going to show in a second, Luke.
1: Was he as red-faced
0: as you? <coughs> <laughs> 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 wow. All right. Um, let's go to the videotape. I'll try to recover. Let's okay? roll this tape.
1: First-round management. Who is the first-round management guy? This is at the hotel yesterday. So, Ilya Taporia, who obviously is Georgian but speaks Spanish. He's a Spanish national, I think, at this point. Did an interview with Danny Segura. And um, in Spanish, Taporia said lots of really mean things about Patty Pimblett. So, clearly, there's something. I don't know the full story behind that. But yeah, like if both of these guys win, that they might make that. Dude, I,
0: does he, does Patty Pill? That's the thing, man. He's setting, he's putting targets on his back. Yeah, which, that's a tough guy to which here's a here's the deal with. for Connor, Luke, admit it. Connor proved that he could back it up, first of all. He did? First of all. We all know that. But even before he had proved that, dude, he acted like he fucking belonged. Yeah, like he, did. he was, like, and Patty's doing that. And dude, I, I have less confidence that Patty can also back it up. But he's not, like, maybe some guys, Luke, perform so much better when they purposely double and triple down and put all the pressure, put as much pressure on themselves as possible because they're gonna guarantee win or lose to ring out everything that's in there because that rush that fear this gotta it's gotta make you a little bit nervous when Ilya Taporia is about to jump the barricade luke and put it on you because where he comes from they don't fuck around they don't fuck
1: around at all over there in that part of the world so um you know we'll see how it has to go folks might be saying tuporia is 145 i believe this is a 155 fight that he is in um who's pimblet
0: facing tell me about this guy
1: he's facing uh casuela or what's his name Uh, vargas i can't remember his full name at this point yeah um Yes, Rodrigo Vargas, or caswell I forget his Are they soft pedaling Patty, right here? Yes, but dude, people are acting like this is some crime. They should be. <clears throat> if you, you can see Patty Pimblett has clear ability, and he's a marketer's dream. For those reasons, he should not be rushed. Yeah. That's why you want to take your time, because you want to give him the most amount of time to develop. What is he, 26 years old, or whatever the fuck he is? He's super, super young. People want to just push this guy to the front of the line, a la John Jones style. Well, they're not all John Jones. Some of them need a little bit more time to get together. I think his grappling is obviously quite good. I think his striking defense probably needs a little bit of work, and I I bet his striking coach would say the exact same thing. So for those reasons, give him some time to work on his game at this level while he gets more popular. People aren't, his fans are not complaining about this matchup, so why are the rest of the observers? He's a young guy. Don't rush him.
0: What for? Can I ask you a tough question? All right. Because that's what we do here, right? When we get like, together, like men do. Yeah, that's, what, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm hinting at. Um, if Patty Pimblett just by nature, is a, is a not a knockoff McGregor, but following that game plan, if you don't like him, he's a knockoff McGregor. But so was the strab animal, Luke James Gallagher, as he's still continuing to try to prove how legit he is. Yep. Which one of the sort of second generation McGregors here? has the brighter critical feature not marketing wise because Patty seems to be way ahead of, of Strab animal at this point in that regard Luke in terms of getting attention globally yeah. and all that yeah but how about just in terms of their long term title contending ability who do you like better at this point, Patty
1: um, I think you know obviously Gallagher has a lot of work to do
0: He's in the damn Grand Prix we're gonna find out
1: yeah well, I, but I think also you know he I think is being I, I, you know I think he's really feeling the weight of some of his losses. Um, so in that sense, Patty. But in either case, in I, I mean, by the way, you talk about like Darren Till. Do Darren Till used to come out and say all the crazy shit, and then the losses kind of you know took a lot of that away. We'll have to see if Patty does. If he wins, then this will only build. If he loses, then he might have to to rejigger things. But you go back to his. Last loss. I go back to this all the time. 2018. Now that was four years ago, so understand the difference there.
0: Is the pro wrestling fan in you hoping one day that Till and uh Chimaev break apart and get mad at each other and then end up fighting in the cage in some
1: type of like reverse
0: inward street justice?
1: So the point is he but Patty lost to Soren Bach. I've talked about this before. Soren Bach went on to Bellator and no one really knows this. Soren Bach outgrappled him towards the end of that fight. That's how he won as a matter of fact. Granted, that was four years ago, but since then he's only beaten decky Dalton, David Davide Martinez, Davide i am not sure how you say it—and then Luigi uh, Vendramini. None of those names challenged him in a way that Soren Bach did, or we'll see about Rodrigo Vargas, this not that guy he's fighting tomorrow. So again, it's a slow roll for Paddy Pimblett, exactly yeah. the way it should be. UFC matchmakers are doing this correctly
0: there are any there are any sleepers on that undercard storyline wise that we need to be looking out for.
1: so Ilya Taporia is obviously on this card taking on Jai Herbert that's a tough fight Jai Herbert can strike his ass off so we'll see we're gonna see Taporia tested here Dude, is
0: Dude, Taporia is he have the ilk of um Shavkat Rachmaninoff of uh, all these other new new generation killers that are ready
1: I think he's further along in his development than a lot of guys yeah I'll put it that way he's he's I don't I don't think he's title ready not even that but He's very good. I love to see how he does against Jai Herbert. Jai Herber and knock him out. Yeah. But to this point, what we have seen from him is extremely impressive. He's a hammer. He is a, a Georgian, yeah. Spanish hammer. Yeah. Uh, also on this card, the co BC, Arnold Allen take it on Dan Hooker. Yeah, has, don't sleep on that at Dan all. Dan Hooker back at 145. Arnold Allen has maybe one of the most underrated win streaks, and I'm gonna say this, in all of the UFC. It is crazy. Now, he doesn't compete enough to, I think, get the accolades he deserves. But he beats Sadiq Youssef, who we just saw recently, who has obviously done some great work. So in this fight, Arnold Allen comes in. I think he last fought. A lot of these British guys have been under the thumb of the pandemic rules and haven't been able to be as active as they want. He beat Sadiq Youssef in 2021. He beat Nick Lance before that, Gilbert Melendez, Jordan Rinaldi, Mads Burnell, who we just saw, who's yep. very good. Dude, he's he, solid. Makwan Amir Khani, and it goes on and Dude, on and Arnold on Arnold Allen there. is
0: solid. Super solid. We don't know, though, like, if it stops there or how much further it goes, but right now he's... I'm not saying he's a, like a guaranteed bet, but he's a pretty safe bet that he's moving in the right direction, Luke. But that's why you like the matchmaking here for this fight in terms of what it could mean on the flip side for Hooker. Are you a believer in 145 Hooker?
1: We're going to have to see. He seems to think that he can make this weight a lot easier. These guys who have done it under this new protocol, usually some, somewhat UFC PI-assisted or whatever, they're able to make it more. I mean, here are his last three wins for, for, um, for Dan Hooker. Ally Quinta, Paul Felder, and Nasrach Hakparast. The last three losses, Poirier, Chandler, and Makachev. Two guys who, all guys who are probably going to hold titles in major weight classes yep. in uh, organizations at some point. So this is what you have to ask yourself. Where does Arnold Allen fit into that equation? Is he Which one of those is, is he or the other? In terms of 145 BC, going back to that, I guess like the Jason, I'm not even sure, I guess the he lost to A. Rodriguez, Maximo Blanco, he beat Hioki. And some other ones. I don't know what to make of him at 145.
0: To be honest, yeah. with you. he's got a huge frame. I still can't figure out. And, and obviously, this is um, all or nothing, and that's how you know both my therapist and wife tell me. I, I, I unfortunately address life, Luke, in that regards. But like, are you convinced yet that 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 Hooker isn't necessarily on his way down like a Michael Johnson type path where? Yeah, dude, he's gonna show you fight to fight that he's kinda of that group, but he's not gonna beat that group that often. Are you fearing that? Because I still can't figure out, because we've seen life we've seen signs of life in terms of You knocked out Gilbert Burns. Right. We've seen signs of life, and they've been huge, and they've made me want to believe too. But my whole point is saying I still not sure which way he's going on an yeah. all or nothing scale. Yeah. Do you have confidence level in that?
1: I have a similar concern. And the other one I would say is, you know, when you're changing weight classes a lot like this, and especially going back to one you abandoned because you were so drained. Granted, this time he may not be so drained, still you're always like, yeah, okay. But how's that going to go? Now, in fairness, we were skeptical, and Aldo has seemed to have made it work. So we should acknowledge that. I was wrong about Aldo. He, he certainly has had, um, you know, he didn't change his fortunes in terms of beating guys at 135 that he couldn't beat at 145 at the end. But he has remained exceedingly relevant down there, and I think that's pretty important to note. So we'll see. The thing is, you have to ask yourself also about Dan Hooker is the damage.
2: Yeah. Dude
1: has taken a fair amount of damage. Now, I've asked him about it. He seems to be utterly unconcerned his argument has also been it's been spread out <laughs> like it's not just yeah. just not just head trauma but between the weight cuts and the damage and the travel and then the years of training on top of it it begins to have an effect
0: we'll have one here i guess he's we'll see he's just giving me vibes of a guy who like you know has the goods in him but it's just the wrong time wrong era wrong something that yep. he, that you just can't completely put that together but he's still got time to show us and prove us he's just about that life like he wants to be freaking great and you respect that totally but if you find out that your body won't let you or the or just the you know life at that moment won't let you that's a tough pill to swallow but he's not stopping to try to figure out every they're exhausting i love guys like rda's like that man they'll exhaust every potential option weight class cut anything change of strategy to try to Remain relevant. And keep, I just
1: can't tell if he's at the blackjack table. Keep saying, hit me, hit me, hit yeah. me, hit me. I can't tell if it's that <coughs> or if it's a strategic alteration that actually will work out. I don't he's know. A,
0: he's a candidate to end up a biz ping.
1: He is. Uh, champion late in his career? Yeah,
0: where yeah. he finally did put it together. and Maybe it took some timing and luck in opponents. But, like, holy shit, he finally showed us how, that that he is. He could
1: be. Uh, a couple nice. other fun fights on this card. Gunnar Nelson is back against Takashi Sato. Uh, Molly McCann is going to take on Luana Carolina. Yes, that's Meatball, correct? Yeah, I love um, that nickname.
0: I don't. You know, can she fight, Luke? I, I've seen her a few times. To, yeah, she's pretty good. To high and low degrees. Yeah, she's pretty six good. Six, but
1: another one's interesting. Nikita Krilov is on this card against Paul Craig. Paul Craig, one of the, uh, the only guys that win Are over Muhammad Aliyev. That's a
0: great fight.
1: It's a great fight. Then no
0: one's talking about that shit at all. Not at all.
1: And also one of the top prospects out of the UK, Nathaniel Wood, taking on Vince Morales. Love that Dude, fight Paul as well. Paul Craig,
0: Luke. I know he's coming on. I just don't Paul know Craig how. Awesome. I just don't know how hard he's coming on. Dude, you know Paul what
1: I mean? Craig. I think he knows deep down inside. Obviously, he obviously wants to get as far as he can. His style is not suited for winning championships, I don't think. Could be wrong, certainly. We'll have to see, but I don't think it is. However, it's damn exciting, and he's going to get wins that if he had a more conventional style would not come his That's way. True. It's because he has a old The trickery might limit his total, total, total ceiling. Upper bound limits. His upper bound limits, but it elevates a lot of current matchups. We'll see if this one against Krilov is one such matchup. Uh, BC, we move on to topic number two. Dustin Poirier is a little bit in the news. So Mike Brown, the head coach at American Top Team, spoke to MMA Fighting, and he says, quote, well, actually, he says that basically Dustin Poirier can make 170. Uh, He's, what's the size? I'm sure he can
0: make it, Luke. He's at 155. No, no, no,
1: not make it, but I mean fully fill out at 170. Uh, He's plenty big for welterweight, plenty big. 155 is getting real difficult to make. I'm not certain he could be a better welterweight than a lightweight. Time will tell. But he's definitely not small for a welterweight. B.C., is Dustin Poirier going to move to
0: 170 and take a fight with Colby Covington? Because honestly, it kind (coughs) of sounds that way. You know, I I thought he would if that was his best option in the moment. I've said that before. But this story, this quote from MTB who would know him best, and by the way, was a hammer back in his day. Mike Brown?
1: Yeah. Go back. You've never watched it. Watch. I think it's either a left or a right hook. He lands it so hard on Leonard Garcia, he lifts him off of his feet. He, well, I mean, dude, back when, like,
0: casual fans only knew Uriah Faber for that weight class area, he went in there. Dude, I remember I
1: was like, dude, Mike Brown's going to wipe the floor with him. And everyone's like, you're out of your fucking mind. I'm like, do you have any idea how good Mike Brown is?
0: He did. So Mike Brown's saying, uh, Poirier, hey, guys. It's It's time to vape. Because we we doubt guys when they get a chance to move up late in their career uh, unless there's just such a certain element to their game size, sometimes being the first and foremost, that you're like, no, they can compete there. And it's not that I doubt that Dustin can compete here. It's can he consistently compete there on an elite level and be a title challenger to use up what's left of his pound-for-pound prime, and it's still very strong, despite that loss, in my opinion, to Charles Oliveira. Again, you got to prove it fight-by-fight, but I believe in what's left of Poirier right now as he's looking at his pay-per-view options and trying to maximize that. But the idea of him going up to 170 full-time and maybe being a player, Luke. Now, he has enough of a name to, to not, he's not going to need too many wins to get a title shot, right? I mean, if you could make Usman versus Poirier in your, the UFC, you do that at the end of the day, right? If that's the, 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 the two-fight arc to that rainbow to provide, to provide Usman with, like, another legendary name to fight.
1: Seems so strange to say.
0: Okay, so that's the truth because of Poirier's name and his pedigree. But, Luke, do you think if he ends up having to really earn it with, with three wins, that he could do it. That he does have the body mixed with all the other factors in his game. Because I fear he's because he's not wrestling isn't his strongest, most natural fallback pursuit. I feel like this is a wrestle heavy division. They will own your ass. Michael Chiesa's at the end of that at the end of that video game, okay? I think that you it, hear me?
1: Yes, I do. I think that he could get wins at 170s, probably some good ones, probably some ones, maybe even inside the top ten. But to the point that you raise, it is not that I think Uh, the evidence shows that Dustin Poirier has bad wrestling, but it does show up against the very, very best ones, which I think is a pretty fair way to put it. Um, There's just... It's just not... uh, It's not a reliable way for him to win. Against the very best, it's not a reliable way for him to win. And so for those reasons... Against Colby, and especially against Kamaru, I don't like those fights. Now again, I've not seen him at 170. Plus, I don't know how he fills out. I don't know how he moves. I don't
0: know how much, he could be way stronger. H- hard to say. But Poirier has to, even at the very best, has to observe a lot of punishment to get these wins. He does, he does. He, he has he to go through. He takes a lot through. of damage. He has Although, to, if, he had, if he had another 15 pounds, that would also help his chin a little right, bit. Right, but so there, there's some guys that just naturally, with the change after the cutting weight for so many years, some suddenly find a groove or new life, you know, it, it, some as dramatic as a Michael Chiesa who you're like, damn, he should have been there all the time and some maybe just improves them or gives them another season. Could Dustin be that physically? Yeah, he could be that guy physically who who really kind of has fought in a youth for for a year to 18 months because of that. But I'm not sure, Luke, because the fears of the damage, because if he has to accrue so many strikes at featherweight, is it because of the hand speed difference? Will that hand speed difference go away for him at lightweight? where it may be more wrestling heavy, there's factors. plus How will will his
1: power carry? Also,
0: Poirier's just fucking great. So that is also like an intangible that you're like, even with those odds against him, can he get one or two big wins there? I don't know, but it will be fun finding out. What I don't want to happen, obviously, whether you're a Dustin fan or hater or anything, just because of, you know, this guy who came so close to winning that championship a couple times and hasn't gotten over that hill, I don't want him to go in there too early and then just get... Steamrolled by the first uh, elite welterweight he faces and then you're like, oh, where does he go now? You know? I think for me for Dustin Poirier, I have such high respect for
1: him and his career The only thing I would say is this if he wants to go to first of all, he can do whatever he wants obviously it doesn't matter what we think but in terms of what I would just like to see as an observer As someone who does think highly of him If he wants to go to 170 because he feels like that's the best for him then go to 170 um, And the argument could be maybe he's like I got a limited amount of time left How many fights am I gonna get that are bigger than the Colby fight for money? maybe not that many, so he just wants to go and get as much money as possible before it all goes out. And if that's what you want to do, go do it. But what do you I,
0: think he thinks he can beat Usman? Do you think he thinks that, Luke? I don't know. Outside don't of know regular competitive machismo, do you think he thinks I
1: so? think he thinks he can beat Colby. I bet he does think that. Um, but here's the thing. What I don't want to see is just going to 170 because you have a high confidence you can beat a guy you really dislike, which is just motivated reasoning in a lot of cases. Then you go up there, and it doesn't work out for you, and now you've just handed your opponent... Yeah. You know yourself on a silver platter. I just don't want to see that. But so if he wants that fight for individual reasons and 170 is healthier, like by all means do it. But like to spite Colby is is a bad way to get into a tough problem. Is the only thing I would say. That's
0: fair. That's fair. That's all
1: right. Fair. Topic number three, BC. This is um, Kevin Holland. <laughs> he has terrible luck, but because Kevin Holland exists, a lot of other people have great luck. Wow. Right? I think that's a good way to this put it. This is an
0: insane story, man, insane. Kevin
1: Holland was at a sushi place in Houston, Texas, estimated 40 to 50 people inside, which is not insignificant, and a shootout began as I understand it inside the facility. Now, Kevin Holland along with one of his friends were able uh, and other people I guess in the in the, the in the in the restaurant were able to subdue the uh, the the assailant, the one of the one of the people shooting and stop this whole thing and bring it to uh, a, a peaceful-ish conclusion. I bring this up to say, one, by itself, BC, that is remarkable. How about last October, he also helped uh, apprehend a alleged carjacker in a vehicle and then following subsequently on a foot chase. BC, is Kevin
0: Holland Batman? <laughs> He's pretty close. Who was that guy? Uh, was it in the World Series of Fighting who was like a superhero? Phoenix Jones. I remember that. That was a little interesting. Yeah. He also fought his brother, Carlos Fodor, and oh, then they both is, regretted it on my show, yeah, and it was sad. Also interesting. Uh, look, Kevin Holland, shout out to him. I mean, this doesn't seem like a John Jones in Newark type situation, Luke, where they staged that shit.
1: Well, you know what? What was very believable is that someone got mugged in Newark and that people chased <laughs>
0: out. I believe that. <laughs> having, having, having been to Newark, that sounds quite, Dude, quite I, realistic. Seriously? It goes without saying, and I, fighters might be more predetermined to be heroes in these cases. But anybody that that does this in these in these in these moments of distress, where where everyone's life is at stake, but crosses that line and just goes for it for, for the sake of humanity, Luke, like that's the highest level of sacrifice. Maybe outside of giving you a kidney that I might have to one day Listen, as your insides fall out. In there are
1: there are two reactions when the bullets start flying. Uh, most people run for the exit, and some people run to the bullets. Kevin Holland runs to the bullets. And he does it seemingly instinctually. Now, that may not be all that great in terms of risk management for his long-term health. But, uh, and by the way, it it goes to show what kind of mentality you might have to be as a fighter, like that he would do that. But also, wrapped on top of that is a concern for other people and trying to do the right thing. I would say, though, (laughs) that if I lived in a place where I was trying to help people and I was witnessing carjackings and I went to go get sushi and then people started shooting each other like Yosemite Sam, I might move. Houston seems like a nice place, but... That's a lot of violence. Do wow, you to be hate around. Texas? I, I mean, what is I, the No, thing I, here? Houston's actually a cool to. I like I like Houston. But um, nevertheless, dude, like finding himself in these crazy situations and then being the voice and then force
0: of Did you reason know who is was about, insane. It about it too. Pavel, the coach of uh, Valentina oh, Shevchenko, or whatever his name is. Yeah, because yeah, that hap- same thing happened in that should, small in Peru. restaurant. In Peru, and, uh, Pavel got shot in the stomach, but he took out the assailants in the counterfire while you know Valentina obviously took shelter. What a what a man!
1: Yeah, some people run from the bullets, some run to them, um, and Damn. that can't. It's hard to see, know who's going to do what. Kevin Holland runs towards him. I would just say, Kevin, be careful, bro. <laughs> you got a full career ahead. You just moved to welterweight, man. Take it easy. Also, how good is the sushi that people are just, yeah, man, shooting each other after yeah. it? All right, topic number four, just a sort of a small one. Topic number four, we talk about Alexander Volkov. Now, here is what Volk said to James Lynch. Uh, so what am I saying, Volkov? Volkanovsky. Yeah, what the sorry, hell are sorry. you sorry. talking the about? The featherweight champion, Volkanovsky. I apologize. Quote, obviously, Connor is always going to get his name out there. you got to remember that. He was a featherweight. He was a champion on my division. So I've taken out the featherweight champs. That's the only one left, isn't it? Me, Aldo, Max, and Connor. So it makes a lot of sense. Obviously, it would be a dream. And then I've taken out all the other champions in my division, so that would be incredible. Obviously, you talk about the payday and all that. The circus around it would be great. But at the same time, talking about legacy, he's undefeated at featherweight, too. That would mean something. I don't think he's making featherweight too soon. If we fight, you do it at any weight. I do it. Uh, Excuse me, I would do that fight at welterweight if I had to, but at the same time, we'll see. I just worry about zombie because zombie's in front of me, and and we'll see. Do you want to see a Volkanovski versus Conor McGregor fight, A, and B, if the answer is yes, is it because he would then have wins over all the previous featherweight UFC champions?
0: That's not the answer, although I like that as a marketing hook or from Volkanovski as a reason why UFC might might grab the bait. I want to have a conversation about Conor McGregor at this point because if this was boxing— these are the only type of fights Conor McGregor would take on the pay-per-view level. It's like creative matchmaking. It's like old De La Hoya and rising Pacquiao. I wonder if we could put them together. You know, like that's, you know, there's potential for that. Like right now, I'd love to see Gervonta Davis against Manny Pacquiao right now and in a reversal of that role. Um, if UFC decided to go in that direction, and Luke, just Conor Starr is so strong and unique onto its own that the same reason why Dana White's willing to say, yeah, of course this guy would get a title shot right now if he wanted one in another division at welterweight is the same reason why you could justify if this became the future for him, matchmaking-wise. To me, that's smart as shit. Whether it's Connor versus Volkanovski or Connor versus Henry Cejudo at some type of you know catchweight or, or just at welterweight, because it levels the playing field to a degree of Connor's um, natural decline, without with still giving him. Advantages on, on the chances to win to to retain that pay-per-view brand long enough by you know cycling in enough victories and not just use, lending out his name to lose, but it's not a loss to the to the legacies of these other guys because they dared to be great in some super pay-per-view fight and moved up and lost to a bigger guy. No, you know, no shame in that, Luke. There really isn't no shame in that. All they get no. from that is financial gain. To be really fair, so as long as they don't get hurt, it's actually pretty smart matchmaking. But I think if you're UFC and you're going to do that. Then do that. You know what I mean? There's a couple lanes with, with Connor. One is a is a rebuilt title ch- champion. And at 155. And one at 155 and and get into a war with the Nurmagomedov extended family and, and Islam Mahachev and all that. One lane is uh, BMF action fights with Diaz trilogy with Masvidal. I think the third lane is uh, preserve. It's a little more respect, I think, to show the. That's what I wish they would have done with Anderson Silva rather than keep feeding him to like Derek Brunson. We've gone through that story a million times. But um, there's do you do. You, do you find any sort of romance in that, or is that just me bringing a boxing, you know, failed uh, <laughs> creation uh, template and, and inserting it into MMA? It seems a little bit uninspired.
1: It's like, all right, who can we match up Connor with now? And you're just trying to find every permutation. Let me, let me. Uh, one question I want to make a point: Volkanovski, Connor, one hundred and fifty-five. Who wins? This should not take much deliberation.
0: Really? You think it's that competitive? Obviously knee jerk is Volkanovsky without question, but the size difference matters. Like it's gonna matter to it a certain point. At first. It won't does matter it matter for 60 seconds or does it matter for eight minutes? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And if it matters, then I mean Connor like it's not as if there's nothing left in Connor. No, but, And so if right. you and that's why this I think this is such a brilliant potential lane to promote him as because you're leveling What's the difference is dude? He couldn't be the guy as skilled as Volkanovski in his own division right now No chance, right? right. Or not no chance, but but Minimal, not likely yeah. um Dude, I I don't hate this seriously. Really? I really so tell me like I don't hate it But I just
1: find it uninspired like
0: part of why is you remember? UFC gets the rare chance to be creative when a big fight falls apart, so 196 was Connor against RDA. RDA pulls out the last minute. We know it ends up being Nate Diaz, but you know Uriah Faber told me and told the million people that he was the other finalist. And it's like, at that point, that's kind of interesting, right? An old Uriah Faber moving up and Wade and on last minute trying to do this against you know, and they're feeding him to the buzzsaw of this fresh young kid. And it, I, I liked that idea. I'm gonna guess you hated that idea of the Nate replacement. If it wasn't Nate going the Faber route, it does nothing for me. It does nothing for me. Okay. Maybe I'm just the kind of person that just likes to see like fireworks go off, you know? So I'm like I like we, fireworks, but you know, I, I like, like different varieties of it too, you know. I like the roman candles, you know but what I'm like, saying? But I used to make fun of people that love fireworks. I, I know my best friend in the world, Bogo, uh, Bogo's watching Jeff's watching right now and he's like, "Dude, you you what, you know, you white trash piece of crap. You hate it. You hated it on me for years cuz I like fireworks. But as you grow you know, older, fireworks aren't that bad. You know they're kind of cool. So sorry. I come up
1: you bury the lead. Your friends watch this show cuz my friends don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, the few, my my few, friends don't even know what this show is called. Um, I'll just say this. For me, at 145, you know, with the things unresolved, I'm going to call it that with
0: Max. Korean zombie is certainly a threat you could not dismiss. Yeah, but this, because Max is now announcing, hey, everybody, I'm healthy, it kind of. Lowers the value on the TKZ fight. Be honest, it does. A little
1: bit, a little bit, a little bit. But I'm just sort of pointing out, like, there's still unfinished business. And certainly, certainly, a Volkanovski fight against McGregor would be great. It'd be cool. But I just feel like um, there's so many questions about McGregor. And the way in which Volkanovski wins is so meticulous and disciplined and ahead of the game.
0: That's a great add to his legacy,
1: though, if he gets that win. Oh, that's huge. Before
0: (laughs) Conor loses too many times. He would have beaten
1: Max twice, Aldo. Mendez and Conley, moving up that Fuck. much, in,
0: dude. Do you know what I call it? Uh, the same thing 311 did in 1997. It's a beautiful disaster, Luke. That fight idea. Beautiful disaster, riding down in the, the street, yeah. street again. Yo, know, that Transistor record when it first came out, I was like, man, this record sucks, and there's only three songs, and they're all on MTV, and but those three songs do rule. Do you remember when people but thought then, they were
1: a racist band because the eleventh letter yeah, of the alphabet was is okay, K? Okay,
0: okay. But then years later, Luke, yo, Transistor is pretty awesome. If it's spacey. It,
1: especially if you're white. Especially. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Topic number five. Last but certainly not least, when we put this show together
3: with.
1: Fucking bubble gum and toothpaste. Okay. Here we go. Showtime. We were here yesterday for. Showtime announced their schedule from basically now until July or so. It's a five-month, nine events, two pay-per-views. Twenty-one undefeated fighters. There's a full-on unification. There's a whole lot going on. There's a little more than that. March 26th, March, excuse me, March 26th, Tim Zo to Gaucher, April 9th, Erickson Lubin, Sebastian Fundora at t Stadium, April sixteenth is Woo. the big one. Errol Spence Jr. versus Jordanis Ugas. I mean, I can't wait to see that. May fourteenth, Charlo versus Castano. Two, by the way, Boots Ennis on that one. Oh, taking on yeah. Cristio Clayton. May twenty-first, David Benavidez versus David Lemieux. Lemieux, excuse me. March, excuse me. May twenty-eighth, Tank Davis versus Rolando Romero, who by the way bragged he had no game plan. <laughs> Get the stretcher ready.
0: Romero and his trainer train to fight in the street. They don't train boxing. They're And they're open about it. Like, yo, we train to punch people in the face. And uh, I love it. June
1: 4th, uh, Stephen Fulton Jr. taking on Daniel uh, Danny Roman. <laughs> June 18th, Jermall Charlo taking on Selesky. And then San Antonio July no, Just 9th. say it,
0: Machi Selesky. Just Machi Selesky.
1: And then Mark Magsayo, who just won the belt, obviously, from Gary Russell Jr., yes. will defend it against Ray Vargas. BC,
0: what stands out? This is a really solid announcement, and and I'm going to say it's unfortunate. Two things went against this announcement to a certain degree that were inevitable. One – was that because a lot of these fights were still in motion up and until when this announcement came and it pushed the announcement back a couple times, um, it, a lot of these fights had already been leaked. You know what I mean? So it didn't hit you in the face like it could have if this was like done in some theater with all the fighters there in, in suits, which we've seen done in the past, right? Like up fronts or whatever. And then two was that it was supposed to be Canelo Charlo as the centerpiece to this. You remove something like that, you remove something like Charlo Mungia, which also almost happened. And by the way, our chat with... Um, with Stephen Espinosa really goes in depth on all that stuff and more, so check that out on YouTube. But Luke, all in all, dude, when you look at the matchups, you look, I mean, you look at the investment in the 154-pound division, getting Tim Zo's US debut, getting Charlo Castaño 2, which was such a war for all four belts, uh, on regular showtime, getting tank back. Like it's, dude, that Danny Roman, Stephen Fulton Jr. fight on June 4th, the real ones, the real fans know that Do 122 know? fight is gonna be. Legit. Um, I'm not here to overly show, but I'm also here to tell you, I mean, this is pretty damn good. So All right, so I'm let me tell you my favorite it.
1: ones. I like the Zugo-Shea fight. Um, I like Jerron Ennis versus Gustio Clayton, because obviously you have Ennis. Brandon Lee taking on Zachary Ochoa. Obviously, for me, the crown jewel is going to be Spence versus Ugas. Three of the four belts in that weight class. You couldn't miss it. Um, Stephen Fulton, Danny Roman, as you mentioned before. Here's a question that I got from fans that I would like to hear you answer. Okay, you got Benavidez versus Lemieux, and you've got Charlo... Um, Jamal Charlo taking on Seleski. Why isn't Charlo go ahead and and fighting Benavidez?
0: Yeah, um, there was sort of, uh, you know, we did an interview with David Benavidez, by the way. That's going to be up uh, soon as well. He talked mad shit about Caleb Plant. Really, about anybody we asked him to or just said, hey, what do you think about this? Which I love, that's why I love the guy. He absolutely brings it. But look, you know, there was some quick talk about... uh, about Benavidez fighting Plant, and then suddenly there was this idea of maybe Plant would fight Durrell, and then the winner of that would face the winner of Benavidez versus Lemieux later in the year, and then that sort of fell apart. I'm happy. I know people didn't like the Machi Selecki name as well as, you know, compared to who it could have been, and I agree, as a last-minute fix, that's an interesting fight, and I think it's going to be fun to watch, but um, it's... Are these setup fights for these are set Benavidez fight versus for Plant that. or
1: Charlo versus whoever? In a
0: perfect world, Luke... You would have; they, it would already be booked, or it would have already happened. But do you know what the problem is? What? Canelo came in the area, right? And that problem—that changed everything. It, it creates so much great, but it also makes more people just like when Floyd was on top say, "I don't know if I need this career-defining fight right here if I can get the if I can keep my record unblemished enough first to get Canelo and get that payday and that life-changing opportunity." Now, someone like David Benavidez isn't in that lane. He's like, "Dude, I'll fight in the backyard if you want to," and you know, and that—that's what he's all about. But. Um, that's what happened, and I just hope now that okay, let's do these last steps, and then whoever was supposed to fight Canelo this year at 68 or wanted to but can't because he's going up to 75, fight each other. We all need you to fight each other. So, Anthony Durrell's coming in after that big uppercut win to kind of revive one, you know, maybe from one the, last uh, big fight for him. And we've obviously got Caleb Plant looking to rebound from the Canelo loss, we've got David Benavidez. Uh, Demetrius Andrade isn't with this network or promoter, but, dude, if he doesn't get a fight Benavides,
1: eventually. Benavidez mentioned him by name as but well. But
0: if, if they don't eventually just say, hey, look, whatever we have to do to help you go somewhere else to fight a, a defining fight, let's do that. These are going to be fun fights. And if Canelo is going to potentially come back in 23 and be a free agent again broadcasting-wise, and, of course, Showtime's keep not burning that bridge. They're keeping it you know, business as, as usual. Um, he could then come back against sort of the winner of this 168 unofficial Ron Robin to find out who really deserves Canelo next. That's just me matchmaking and thinking out loud.
1: So I mentioned with well, my favorite fight is just the... I don't know how you could pick anything other than Spence Jr. versus Denis Ugas. On that card, Radza Butaiev, we saw him recently. Dude, he's coming on at welterweight. Who is yeah. this Emanitas Stenos? Yeah, so he's Stenous- from
0: Lithuania, so let's, 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 let's respect him without knowing him, right? I, I, I Look, he's that... He's been that Swiss Army knife guy who's been a mandatory for everybody and takes step-aside money, but the times he stepped up and shown, he could be something. Look, he could be. At the very least, he's a tough-ass out. And with all those belts at the WBA... Butaiev is a beast. With all those belts, like butayev but has got one of the bootleg WBA belts. There's, there's too many. But now at least they're making them all fight each other. Right. And this is that step toward that. So, dude, if Butayev's for real, then he's going to beat Staniosis. But that's, that's no easy task. And then hopefully the winner finally gets their chance at the winner of... Ugas, Spence, maybe not right away, but after I do, I think. Do you think it's more likely that Keith Thurman or Terrence Crawford is watching Ugas, Spence, and thinking they have next? What's more likely? Thurman.
1: I don't know what Crawford's doing, other than pricing himself out, maybe. But, maybe, uh, maybe. Yeah. but Thurman, I think, is looking to. He lost so much time. I think he's definitely looking for like what's a big matchup I can get on, on board with, stay active. He looked pretty good for the most part, certainly in his last fight. So. There's that. Also, as I mentioned, only two pay-per-views. The the pay-per-views are Tank Davis... We asked Steven Espinosa about how pay-per-view gets decided versus regular Showtime, because, for example, both Charlos will be fighting on regular Showtime. The only pay-per-view ones are Tank Davis, Errol Spence Jr., right? Which makes sense. Those are huge fights you want to have. Certainly, Tank Davis is a pay-per-view star. Also, the original Tank Davis versus Rolando Romero fight was going to be in L.A. They have moved it. That will be May 28th, as I mentioned. That will be at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn. Yes. So a bit of a home game for you and I in that sense. And the
0: final bit of news that came out of that was we also saw a boxing scene put out the story, which is which Steven Espinosa confirmed that they have signed Jerron Boots and the that, super, that rising potential he's, superstar. He's, he's my most most favored prospect in all like of boxing. Like he's got next at Welterweight. Uh, even though that Boots has not signed with PBC and at this point doesn't plan to he's got his own promoter Cameron Duncan and that at times could look like Dicey like maybe you know Al Heyman and company aren't going to go out of their way to, to put their guys against him but Showtime then jumps in and signs him to a multi-fight deal. So that so he's not with PBC. Not with PBC, but but, he's with Showtime. but look, he's fighting Castillo Clayton coming up May 14th. And, Which and is a that, mandatory, right? And yeah, it would no. It's I think it's a like one of those final title eliminator type okay, fights. Okay. And Clayton's with the PBC, and you know he's Got fought it. other guys with the PBC, and he's on PBC cards. And it, you know from asking Stephen Espinoza, this it seems to be everybody's willing to do a working agreement. The good news is even if they weren't. Boots is so close to being a mandatory for whoever comes out of the Spence-Ugas fight that he's going to get that opportunity to fight no matter what anyway. I like that everybody's getting along and that, you know, our bosses were like, oh, that guy Boots had this, yeah, let's, let's commit to him. That's Let me the ask guy. you a
1: question. So we go back to one more thing, Spence and Ugas. For folks who don't know, there are four titles in that weight class. Uh, Ugas has one of them. Spence has two of them. The last belongs to Terrence Crawford. So the winner of Spence versus Ugas is going to have three of the four. Which person winning realistically, not in your mind about what you would like to see, does Spence grabbing all three or does Ugas grabbing all three pull Crawford to PBC? Which, which one is, is a
0: greater fishing expedition? Spence. Spence's Because that's the one that has more money? Because they're going to be asking Terence Crawford, obviously, to, to take a pay cut from what he was used to getting at top rank to fight whomever, because top rank, had again, on multiple contracts, had to give him enough money to keep him there and not have him leave. Um, Dude, if Crawford goes to PBC, I can't even... Wrap my so head if around. you're going to give him, you know, look, obviously there's going to be a negotiation. If, if Crawford is committed in doing this, obviously he's got to get to his number to a to a different area. If they can find a, you know, if they can meet in that area, um, look, Spence is the fight that we all want. And they are at the, this point right now with Spence having his own questions entering the Zougas fight about right. the retina surgery, about the accident from a couple of years ago, everything. Um, we're, if they don't do it, if they don't do it soon, they ain't doing it. We, we're missing it. It'll be the the Riddick Bowe versus uh, Lennox Lewis and the pros that never happened and should have, you know. And so I think yes, Luke. It, you know, I don't even if, if Ugas wins, I don't even know if where, how Crawford where he go, which direction he goes, you know. Okay,
1: where would he go if let's, okay? So let's say Ugas wins and Crawford's like, fuck that, I don't, I don't that doesn't do anything yeah. for me. Where, what, who would he fight?
0: I can't. I still he, can't figure that part out. Right, because even if he was going to move up to 154, which he teased about. Which he can All do. the one fifty fours, including Tim Zunow, are in the Showtime PBC, you know, greater right. Fox universe, okay? So that's what's uh that's what's up in that regard, Luke. Um Spence thirty two years old, Crawford thirty four. clock is ticking. So what would Crawford do? I mean, could he sign with the zone and fight? Virgil Ortiz Jr. Just yes, pretty fight. fight. Other smaller guys that are like Ryan Garcia is eventually going to move up, but he's probably going to have to wait until he's even older to get these opportunities if, if he's just kind of wait around for them. So, mm-hmm. if you're Crawford, now would be the time to get in with Al Heyman and figure out what's the middle number we can do, and if it works for both sides hey, Crawford, that's how you build. That's how you cement that legacy. And I know, Luke, he'll say it a million times in the camera, maybe to screw Bob Aaron or whatever, and just be like, I don't care. I don't care, man. I made my money. I don't care if I never fight again. I do not think he believes that at night because he is a competitor. Bud Crawford's a, a, a gangster a, in that he's a, ring. He's a dog. He is a competitor. I mean, dog. so you you can't be a dog and then be like, yeah, Spence, I don't need you, bro. Just walk out. You can't. You can't. You can't do that. Right. That's not what the greats did. I'm sorry. They set the template. You know, the four kings, they set the template in the modern era on how to be. Obviously, you can't be like that all the time. In every generation and era, people are going to get steamrolled and never walk or talk again, Luke. But sometimes you're blessed with that spirit. That spirit's coming back. A well, little bit. Like, there's place. a
1: guy on the Phoenix card whose name is Yo Elvis Gomez. I like that name. Like Yo, Yo, that. El- Yo Elvis. Yo Elvis.
0: You of us. All right, we got us right, let's, let's, keep, let's keep the show for rolling our top here. Five. Uh, so, look, we once created this segment, and I, we didn't invent shows with wheels. And now everybody's got a wheel. I don't even care. It's just for the viewers because they think it's funny. Um, Luke can be pedantic. Be, 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 be nice. Pedantic? You don't have to be mean here. Okay. Um, Luke sometimes doesn't want to talk about certain things, so we created a segment called Wheel of Death, where I stuff all of these into different categories, and he randomly spins them. And if he gets the question, he must provide a. Uh, Good faith response to a decently faith question. It's called the Wheel of Death. Could oh. You, could you, uh, grab that thing there. Fuck my life. We have uh, 14, category, 14 spin options, T- 12 of them are categories, but there's also add a spin, which means you have to spin six times instead of five, Luke. There's also Luke's choice, which means you choose the category of your choice.
1: Why can't Luke's choice be like, yo, I don't want to do nothing for this one. Oh, you want like a like, like a, a pass. like
0: a immunity idol or something yes. on there? Yeah. Yeah. Right, okay, let's, let's go, go to the, the
1: categories. We have war games inside the MK Studio, Molka Power Rankings, oh fuck. Nostalgic Pie. That sounds vaguely <laughs> pornographic. Get behind me, Satan. Add a spin. Okay, that's the one you mentioned. Encanto karaoke, shoot your shot, Luke's choice, dial M for milligrams. Mid- middle Nog, okay, that's interesting. Yay, Pwawee Way, Anglo-Saxon Booty, Sextet Daily, and then we're back. All right, so... all my...
0: sextet Daily? No, hold on, this
1: is a practice spin because I can never remember which way is the <clears throat> best way. Is this the best way, or is... So
0: Luke gets five spins unless a he second. lands on Add-A-Spin, and you get what you get. We'll see what happens. This what happens go... if I get Add-A-Spin on my fifth one? I have to do it again? You, you, They would raise your total up to six that you needed to spin. So, that you know, you'd have to spin two more times. I'm not doing that. I'm just going to add one. N- I'm, I'm telling you I'm not doing that, but okay. It doesn't go. replace the
1: spin. It adds another spin on top. Of That's what I'm saying, but there's the one more. If your fifth spin... It adds a ha- numerical extra spin, yes?
0: A numerical extra category. Yeah, not okay. a numerical yeah, yeah, extra yeah. spin, okay? okay, okay? I have to be technical with you and pedantic. This is going to fucking blow.
1: <laughs> All right, Luke's Choice. Yes!
0: It's not, you've never gotten Luke's Choice before. No,
1: I've not. Um... How about
0: Anglo-Saxon booty? Okay, here we go. Luke, we all know your love affair for women, whether celebrity or civilian, and your preference that they be of the Latin persuasion. It's
1: because they're apex predators.
0: Well, go ahead. I mean, it's well-documented, but Wheel of Death ain't Burger King, Luke. Bro, you can't have it your way. This is a BBC with that BDE production. So, name for me your current top three non-BBL celebrity crushes that better illustrate your complete and well-rounded palette for booty of all nations. Ooh,
1: I don't know if I have any. Uh, now, when you say, okay, celebrity crushes. So it could be an
0: actress or Anyone something Anyone like famous that you want to bang if you weren't married.
1: <laughs> I'm so glad my family doesn't watch a thing I do.
0: Uh, how about Scarlett Johansson? Well, that's, that's, Scar ooh, Joe? That, that's a classic pick yeah, right Yeah, that's a yeah. good one. That's a good one. How about Scar Joe? How about... Um, Would you take the modern version or if you can go back in a time machine and get like the pre-first Woody Allen movie version? Can we leave Woody Allen
1: out of
2: (laughs) sex discussion,
1: please? (laughs) Um, Dude, I don't know her. I think I know her name because my boy, shouts to my boy, Rafael Garcia. He posts about her all the time. That's how I found it. She wrestles for AEW. Her name is Jade, I think, Cargill? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She is so fine, it's impossible to describe. Wow. Wow. Um, So that's two. Okay. Okay. Uh, Now, they could be from, like, any parts of the rest of the world, right? Just not
0: not, Hispanic. not south, not Hispanic, not Hispanic. That's tough. That's tough for me, bro. So they're not watching Encanto right now. So <laughs> um, n- uh, none of the music that I follow,
1: um, dude. It's like you don't. Okay, I'm, I struggle to name.
0: Uh, who would be like a third? Paulo Cruz, Costa, Paulo Costa. Sorry, I went to high school. Isn't, with Paulo isn't that Cruz. a dude? Yeah, I was giving you. I was oh. giving you the full palette. Also from South America. <laughs> Sorry also, yes. Um,
1: who's a, um dude, I'm really struggling here. And I'm, I'm trying to think of like
0: another like, Wow, dude. Are you that deep are you that much Latin oh, how Oh, you can complete
1: the assignment? How about like as a like a like a high school crush? Sure. You like can, as a, you can as bring celebrity. in a celebrity. You can bring in a classic. Go ahead. It was not Cindy Crawford. It was um Kathy Ireland. Kathy Ireland. Yeah, she was on the cover of the 92. Kathy uh, Ireland, when I, when, I was a, when I was a 12-year-old, was
0: the You beast don't understand beast. if you think that's gross. That I They would push that shit on late-night TV over and over and over yeah. again.
1: Kathy Ireland, I would go. HBO All
0: right. was playing that on a loop.
1: Yeah, they were. Kathy Ireland. So Kathy Ireland, Jade Cargill, and ScarJo. Okay. That's pretty
0: good. Spin number two. Right. I mean, you're, you know, good Anglo-Saxon booty, Luke. so ominous that clicking yeah because you could it could really go south for you right here luke shoot your shot oh boy okay jizz in your face (laughs) wow uh this one is easy and straightforward our mulca staff will provide shots of unidentified alcohol and as long as as long as bc and one staff member of luke's choice are willing to drink one you will have this double shot already poured Mostly because you weigh more and because you once lied to us on the air and said that you dunked in high school and you would take 40 to 50 beers right now to get you drunk, which is just such macho bullshit, dude. It's not macho bullshit. All right, here we go. Here we go. Luke, who is your staff member of choice? Ashley. Oh, wow. This is easy.
1: Ashley. Yes.
0: That's your double shot right there, Luke. Wow. Fucking
1: steady hands with me over here. <laughs> Jesus. Come on, Ash. You don't, to. you don't have to. You don't have to. You don't have to. I'm gonna throw up. Well, then don't do you don't, don't. You don't have to do it. If you're, are you gonna throw up
0: for real? Dude, I'm not taking a fucking double shot on a fucking sh- What are you doing to me? Dude, this, the, wheel, the wheel sets the rules, bro. Not me, okay? You know what I mean? Like the, well, hold, on, you know. hold on, hold on. What is in your glass? You're single shot shots. Single shots. No, no, shots. of what, motherfucker? We can't tell you. We can't tell you because then you'll disperse. But you
1: urinated in this. I'm not drinking this. No, I poured It's
0: it. mystery. I poured it's you it. think I trust you anymore? Oh,
1: God. I can't say what it is. Here's to swimming with bow legged women. Okay. Fuck your life. Can we
0: do a Colombian? Jeez.
1: Okay, so you have to go Pariba, Pa Bajo, El Centro, para Dentro. Yeah, man.
2: Oh, <laughs>
0: Ah. <laughs> uh. Wow. Oh. Wow. Uh. I hope we don't get that one again, Luke. Oh god. <laughs> it tastes like vanilla and ass. You know the reason why we can't tell you what it is. So you know that. Cuz it's covered
2: in semen probably. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That was so bad. Dude, fuck you. That was manly of you though, to, to attack that shit and not... Because oh. you're like, could I get away with... Can I get it? a water, please? <clears throat> you're like, you're like, could I get away with bitching out on this? But you know, you technically looked, it's 12.08, so it's after. You looked into that camera and you were like, no, I must perform for the people. Spin number three coming up next. Oh, yeah. God. It was, do I have to drink anymore today? Who else wants some of BC? Yeah. Do I have what? to drink anymore today? No. Okay. One and done on that. Oh. I never thought we'd actually get that. It happened. We should actually drink every show now. I mean, this is great. The aftermath will be a debacle, but...
1: Luke's Choice again. Oh, boy. Okay. How about Get Behind Me, Satan?
0: Okay. You'll, this is much, quick and easy. You'll love this. All thing. right. Okay. Very good. I'm doing five of
1: these. This is three. Correct? This is number okay. three.
0: Luke, I get a lot of grief on the show from fans of <coughs> music. Just chuck it, bro. What are you yo, doing? Yo, Tristan, get on camera, Tristan, bro. you
1: in no way were not on camera, just so you know. Like, everyone saw that. Uh,
0: Luke, I get ripped by our fans who like the same music as you because they think I'm a snob and that uh, I have no clue about um, you know art or the human experience. But not only are they right, Luke, I was also right. So because of the spirit of this segment built on the premise of making you do things you don't want to, humor me for a bit. Yeah. I know you love death metal. And I know you love contemporary Latin music. But I don't want to talk about that shit. I love classic rock and nearly every genre oh, God, related to that, that that comes out of that. Okay, Luke? <laughs> that, you know, in the larger heading of rock and roll. Luke, Because I'm an American man. That's why, okay? So for this question, name three classic rock albums released between 1965 and 1980 that you either currently own or at one time did have a working knowledge of and also believe belong in the canon of rock and roll history. I can't
1: name one. I don't have a single one. I don't have
0: a single. You, don't, you didn't have Led Zeppelin II on CD in high school. No, I cannot. You I, didn't have AC/DC Back in Black. My brother did. My brother had Back in Black, which is a phenomenal
1: album. Yes. Uh, after Bon Scott died in his own vomit from drinking, by the way, there, that's a little fun little story. Uh, I, so my brother had Back in Black. So yes, he did have that. My brother had uh, Cat Stevens.
0: Okay, that's not bad. Uh,
1: and he had, you know, who, oh, you know, who my brother was big into John Denver. Okay, but what were you into? Not That's that shit. That's the
0: spirit of this question in that category.
1: Dude, I... There was I, never a point in your life... You're asking me to have things happen in my life that did not happen. I don't know, uh, how, I don't know what to give like to BC, you. Like,
0: BC, I need you to go back and have a lot of sex, right? <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> just... Yeah. I need you to fuck your way through high school. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right, Luke, let's keep it going here. Let's not fight this any longer. Let's you
1: talked a big game about the wheel.
0: I'm a little... Like like oh, Steven Espinosa yesterday, oh, I'm a little oh, underwhelmed. Oh, Beetlejuice, please look in the mirror and say that in front of the wheel three times. Please.
1: I know, I just dug my own grave. Yes, you did.
0: Yes, you did. There are. (laughs) This is four. This is four. There are, you know, pipe bombs under there, Luke. Get behind me, Sam. They already did. You gotta spin again. You gotta spin again. Get behind me, death
1: music. This is you motorboating chicks with tattoos (laughs) on their boobs.
0: Oh, boy. Oh, boy. (sighs) Already did this one. Okay. Remember when we used to have that predetermined wheel? (laughs) That was better, right? That that digital predetermined wheel. Where there was no luck at all. Okay.
1: okay. I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna yeah, go yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go this way.
0: I'm gonna go this way. How about Luke's choice? If you, you know. Third spin, you go to jail, Luke. Inside
1: the MK oh, Studio. Oh, hell yeah.
0: Okay, Luke, here Dude, we go. Dude, don't make me name people on the staff. Luke, do you remember that weird yet interesting show called Inside the Actors Studio where James Lipton picks the artistic brain of Hollywood's most storied and talented performers to find out what inspires them? Yeah. Let's do that same shit, but let's do it MK style. Invite less than Jake, the cameraman and eclectic MK documentarian, to sit in my seat and you conduct a serious interview with him, asking a minimum of four questions about his MK documentary processes, inspiration, and execution of these critically acclaimed series. Let's do it. That only a fraction of our MK audience have ever admitted All right, to PC, watching. Can you go op, James? Jake's you got to go run the
1: camera, fuckface.
0: On my own doc? What kind of what kind of bullshit is this? I was
1: kinda of hoping for Encanto karaoke.
0: Hey look, you get what
3: you get, right? You
1: gotta keep that one on there. I feel like I could do I could do well at that. Check
3: one. Thanks, check one two.
1: Can they hear Jake? Just to make sure?
3: Can you hear me in the back?
1: Oh, thank Can you. You, you gotta tell me that, Corey? Okay, alright. Hi Jake, why don't
3: you introduce yourself to the camera? Hello? Uh, which camera? The wide or the tight? First of all, talk like a normal person. <laughs> I don't know what he's talking about, but. My name is Jake, um, I'm documentarian Jake is what I'm normally called and referred to on the floor. Uh could be less than Jake too, depending on who talks about me, but... Um, Dude, you're fooling nobody. I um, understand that, right? <laughs> I'm originally from a uh, small island off Canada, which is why they have the Blue Jays hat, and then I moved to England, and uh, that's how I studied film and got involved with you guys. Okay, first question, what was the last time you showered? The last time I showered, oh, it's a great one actually... Um, probably would have to be uh, this morning, actually. I did shower this morning, contrary to beliefs of how I look. <laughs> BC, you're a dumb motherfucker. I just got to point that out. I mean, well, you have done
1: the absolute worst job. All right, so there's one. Uh, Jake, when you film us in Las Vegas or any other place, how, are you th- how do you think about what to shoot? What, what is important? What is not important?
3: Well, I think it's important we take a step back to realize... Why are you talking like this? I don't know what he's talking about, honestly. Um, So, I was on holiday one day in Lithuania, and I saw a billboard. And on the billboard was a picture of Brian Campbell. And after doing some research, I found the show Morning Combat. And let's just say the character dynamic is absolutely riveting. And there's so much story and just dense work there. And I reached out to Luke and Brian, and I was brought along and... uh, so the inspiration came along.
1: How long did you practice this accent in the mirror? Over or under five minutes?
3: I do not know what you're talking about, sir. It's, frankly, right. it's a little embarrassing.
1: Okay. Um, what's your favorite part of all six docs that you've shot? Because you, well, just a clarification, you've, you've shot all six. All six of them. What's your favorite?
3: Oh. <laughs> wish you prepared me for this a little more. <laughs> I would have to say my favorite part of the documentaries would be... What, I don't know what this is, by the way.
1: Um, this is the... I'm in the fucking Twilight Zone. I just had two shots of liquor, and he's talking like an Australian that's been hit in the head with a tire iron.
3: Maybe that wasn't liquor then in your glass.
1: Okay, answer the
3: question. Answer the question. <laughs> my favorite part of the documentaries is probably just the dynamic storytelling of you guys and the death of your friendship. And uh, Jason Aaron, specifically.
1: Well, oh... What's so great about Jason Aaron?
3: This is the guy we fired, by the way. Oh, his character dynamic is, extends beyond imagination, and uh, he's just a fascinating person to mix with you and Brian. Say, Shelly
1: sells seashells by the seashore. I believe
3: that was four questions, and my time is done here.
1: Well, cheerio, fuckface. <laughs> a round of applause for Jake, everybody. A round of applause. Come on. Let's have him out here. There we go. All right, we got one more, right?
0: That... That was incredible.
1: Why are you sweating like a whore in church?
2: <laughs>
1: okay. All right, here we go. Thank you, Jake. I don't know what the <laughs> fuck. What was he doing with the I,
0: I was in tears. I Dude, I, he
1: stuck to the bit, I too. think I
0: wet my pants. The commitment was he, he's an artist at the end of the day. You, you know, know, know what? what I... He
1: does love your bullshit. <laughs> yeah. All right, here we go. Last wow. one.
0: I really am hoping for Encanto um, yeah. karaoke. There's a way this ends normal, and there's a way this ends absurd, Luke. Let's see which one you got. Yeah! Yes! Okay. Encanto karaoke. Well, Luke, I, the the staff's fear of copyright infringement could mean that the people won't be able to hear the music, which could get away can from I this Can I see the bit. lyrics? How, am I, how am I gonna hear? You're gonna see the lyrics, okay? Okay. I've watched this song and video so many times so now, I No, which one is this? There's several
1: it. songs that like, we don't talk about Bruno. Here oh we, we don't go. talk about Bruno?
0: We don't talk about Bruno time. Okay, hold on,
1: can I do, hold on, Corey, talk in my ear. Do I need just my regular microphone or, I or need, do you I need the handle? This use the
0: karaoke microphone. That's what I think you should use. He's saying do regular. Turn it off and use it as a prop.
1: Okay, I'm going to turn it off. It's locked. How do I turn it off? Come some, Hey, sound, sound people. Okay. <laughs> All right, here we go. All right, so how's this going to go? You're just going to play it in my ear? Oh, wait, wait, time out, yeah, time, so time out, time out, time out. Hold on, before you go, B.C., how long do I have to do God. this? <laughs> as long as you want.
3: You get a minute. Okay, minute. You get a minute. Alright, Luke. I'm gonna play the lyrics, but we can't play the music because it can you play
1: it in my ear? No, there's uh, no way.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah I can. Hang play on. it in my ear. Give me a sec. Are you ready?
1: Are ready as I'm gonna be, bitch. Do you hear this? We don't talk about Bruno, no, 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 we don't talk about Bruno, but. It was my wedding day. We were getting ready, and there wasn't a cloud in the sky. No clouds allowed in the sky. Bruno walks in with a mischievous grin. Are you telling the story, or am I? I'm sorry, me vida. Go on. Bruno says it looks like rain. Why did he tell us? In doing so, he floods my brain. I will I get the umbrellas? Married in a hurricane, what a joyous day, but anyway, we don't talk about Bruno, no, 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 no se habla de Bruno, here we go, hey, grew to live in fear of Bruno stuttering and stumbling, I could always hear him sort of muttering and mumbling, I associate him with the sound of falling sand, cha-cha-cha-cha, it's a heavy lift with a gift so humbling, always left abuela and the family fumbling. Grappling with prophecies they couldn't understand. Do you understand? Seven-foot frame, rats along his back. When he calls your name, you can lick my nutsack. Hey, yeah, he sees your dreams and feasts on your screams. We don't talk about Bruno, no, no, no. We don't talk about Bruno. Come on, BC, do it with me, you fucking loser. Here we go. He told and me the, my fish would die the next day dead. And then Pepe slept with all the women. He told me I'd grow a gut. And just like he said. I love Colombia. He Columbia. said that all my hair would disappear. Now look at my head. Your, your face is sealed, is sealed when your are is red. Hold, hold on, here hold we go. Up. He told me that the life of my dreams would be promised and someday be mine. He told me that my power would grow like the grapes that thrive on the vine. Oh, J. Mariano's on his way. I'm a little fast, hang on. He told me that the man of my dreams would be just out of reach. Betrothed to another, it's like I hear him now. Hey, sis, I want not a sound out of you. I can hear him now. I'm Bruno. Yeah, about that Bruno. I really need to know about Bruno. Give me the truth and the whole truth, Bruno. Isabella, your boyfriend is here. Time for dinner. He, a seven-foot frame, rats alone. Let me finish, fucker. When he calls your name, it all fades to black. Yeah, he sees your dreams and feasts on your screams. You telling this story, or am I, I'm sorry, me need to go Sir, you've had too much
0: to drink. Sir, we're cutting you off. We're cutting you hey! off. Hey! That was terrible.
2: Woo!
1: <sighs> okay, you can kill it in my ear, Corey. I'm still hearing him here.
0: That was the wheel of death. That was the end of Luke's career. And tune in <laughs> Friday for BC and just, I
1: just, just want to say, I drank booze. I told you who I wanted to bang. I did, I did lyrics, I did karaoke, what else did I do?
0: And I had to interview this fucker with this weird accent? Yo, yo I don't know, if that, like, not only was that the highlight of this show, it might be the all-time highlight of this show, okay?
1: Hey, do I have a future in singing?
0: Uh, <laughs> wow, do you know that the, as great as Wheel of Death was today, even though you tried to curse it the whole way before taking part, finally, um, is that there were, like, three other questions that would have been... Even more Even out there? way out there. Saving Dude, for later.
3: that's our best wheel of death,
1: yeah. Saving for okay, later. thank
0: you to the staff for, uh, for helping out and putting this thing down. Wow. Uh, How do you think Ashley's doing from that shot?
1: She probably wants more knowing her. Uh, Did you? Was that because Brian walked by? Okay. All
0: right. What do we got to do, fan subs? Yeah, let's close with Wait, this. wait, wait. Um, hold on. Uh, what's the word
1: on the interview, Corey? We are
0: getting that interview in nine minutes. So, are we? Yeah. So, okay. So stay tuned. Oh, Why don't we tell them who it is? Yeah, so unbeaten... Rising junior middleweight, Australia's own, the son of a legend, Tim Zhu, gonna stop by the live MK Wednesday show today, 1230, just a few minutes, ET. Okay, Luke, uh, we close with fan subs here. Got sweaty in here, got weird, right? Yeah, had a little fun today. Okay. You know, I might, I might need like a napkin or something for all this, you know, all this. Uh... This man water that's coming down. Uh, you let's, mean piss? <laughs> uh, Morningcombat.gmail.com is the home to send in your fan subs. I heard these are awesome. Let's go. Uh, we start with Mikey, our producer. My best friends just had a set of twins, and we wanted to introduce the youngest members of the MK family, Summer and Remy, repping the MK gear, Luke, at five days old. Congrats to Molly and Julian. Julian's a big fan of the eighth row seat on all Delta flights. Luke? I don't,
1: I don't, okay, the twins are, absolutely. I mean,
0: that's the next generation of MK fans right there, yeah, right? Yeah,
1: they, first of all, adorable, the dog is adorable, everything about it is adorable, other than, I mean, got, th- we gotta retire the donk shit, I mean, it's just the worst at this point. This
0: is a tribute to, um, to, uh, what's the guy's name? Bruno? Bruno. <laughs> we don't talk about Bruno on this show. Alright, uh, let's keep it going here. This is from Pedro. Hey there, Luke in BC. My name is Pedro. Oh, hell yeah, on the soccer pitch. Big fan of the award winning show from the very start. Been listening to Luke since the promotional malpractice days. It was my birthday recently, and then my lovely wife surprised me with a sweet MK shirt. We made the trip from my factory hometown of Lafayette, Indiana, a famous manufacturing suburb of the Wabash Subarus. I'm just waking up words. Uh, We're as factory as it gets to watch. Are you waking up words? FC. Wake up words. Wake up. FC Cincinnati. Versus your team, Luke, D.C. United.
1: D.C. Cincinnati. I don't know if that's MLS or USAPL. This I'm not is sure.
0: me at a 31 years of age starting to feel washy like B.C. And I've had a few <laughs> to drink in this photo. But I thought I'd send it in anyways. You guys have the best combat sports show out there. P.S. My wife sometimes thinks I love you guys more than I love her.
1: <laughs> well, you're fucking better.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't see you wearing shirts with her face on it. Yeah, exactly. Okay. By the <laughs> way,
1: shouts to this dude. Shouts to all the MK Soccer fans. Y'all are appreciated. Uh,
0: thank you for this uh, uh of the show, Pedro. Thank you. Uh, Tyler says, my boy BC with the BDE is always just enjoying life (laughs) and putting on a good show when he catches some shrapnel from the fans. I'm sick of BC getting shit in the middle of a Luke dead wrong. Viva BC! And we all know how BC hurt his back. It was carrying around those big old balls (laughs) all that Musashi pick. Yeah, man. That's what I'm talking about. Did it take balls to pick the favorite?
1: Was that what it did?
0: (sighs) Is it sweaty in here or is it me? Okay.
1: You are having menopause. (laughs)
0: Can I get my own fan over here, please? Uh, Thank you very much. I'm having hot flashes. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Sergio says, hi, Luquito and Brianito. Uh, Greetings from Mieres del Camino Asturias, Spain.
1: Oh, yeah. I'm sending you
0: a photo along with part of my library so that Luquito can see that you can be from an industrial town and not be illiterate.
3: Yeah, even watch your
0: show without the need of subtitles. A hug from another 40-something male. All right. Thank you,
1: Sergio. Abrazo, Sergio. Look, we have fans Sergio. everywhere.
0: We have fans in Spain now. Abrazo. Like Kathy Ireland, we reign in Spain.
1: The rain in Spain reigns only on the Spaniards.
0: Okay, Adam says, uh, as a fellow large cranium donk, Luke's story about needing a hat on his trip to Colombia really <laughs> hit home.
1: <laughs> Dude, they literally made fun of my yeah. head. They were like, yeah, we don't yeah, even yeah. know if
0: we have sizes
1: for melons that... Yeah. Uh, Look like that. And I was like, yeah, that's fair.
0: Uh, Abdi says, hello, fellas. I'm from Toronto. And my friend Dan Nell is from South Dakota. Mentioned, I just wanted to tell Luke all the homies in my hood love Kanto. Now they I like it too. Yeah, okay. He, he, I've seen it. He does. Uh, Dom says, sup, you filthy old dogs. Just got back from a week long vacation in the DR. Had to rep my MK hoodie on Hell the flight. Yeah. To and from Minneapolis, what I'm talking about. Blow up that photo? Starting the trip no, 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 go back, go back. off by shoving my face hole with margaritas and cheese curds to get my stomach ready for the toilet bowl uh, filled week ahead. Then on our way home, we had a six-hour layover in Charlotte. Yo, so did this not motherfucker go
1: to a Chili's in the BR? Keep
0: Is that what he the did? BDE flowing. No, that's at the Minneapolis airport. Oh. And the Encanto-filled household's going. Best show out there. Hell yeah,
1: I yeah. Hell yeah. appreciate your patronage. It looks
0: good in that powder blue, right?
1: Actually, that does look pretty good, I have to say. It's like a North Carolina,
0: yeah, Jordan yeah. blue or I whatever. Like
1: that. Yeah, it's nice. It's sharp. Yeah, yeah, okay. Cheesing. <sighs> okay.
0: You know, I'm just, just, just kind of waiting for my, uh, for my fallopian tubes to catch up. Okay, <laughs> yeah, thank you. All right. Um,
1: <laughs> Me too, actually. Adam <laughs> so says, uh,
0: fresh off Monday's show, and I had to throw together a couple of fan subs because of BC's Tomfoolery. I don't know if B.C. is taking his nickname, The Sauce, too seriously, but Monday shows aren't the episodes where you come in on the sauce. I've never understood why Luke decided to destroy his lungs after the age of 40 until now.
1: What is a reverse 69?
0: It sounds sexual, Luke, okay? Is it
1: just normal standing up?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Uh Caesar. C- C- Caesar. Caesar says if this doesn't make Wednesdays, fans, <laughs> you can all go to hell. Just kidding. Love you, donks.
1: Yeah, that's funny. All right, what else we got?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. That's pretty good.
1: Okay. Vape tartar is fucking hilarious.
0: That is, that uh, is
1: really funny. Wow. <laughs>
0: all right. Um, Adam says, so the subreddit got a few chuckles last week at the expense of Luke. So we thought we would spread the love out to B.C. as well. From his black liver to his wheel of death ramblings, no one brings the sauce to a show like B.C. Side note, why does Luke have such a problem with B.C. being the sauce? He is something that brings a dash of flavor and excitement to the sustenance that is Luke's analysis. You meat and potatoes, bitch. Yes.
1: Whatever helps you sleep at night.
0: Thank you. um, Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) That wasn't
1: true today. That wasn't true today. You actually shortened up the questions big time. Here we go, Luke. (laughs)
0: it's so true i have no defense at all okay um this is the final one it's from danger mouse hi donks danger mouse back with some memes to amuse you and abuse the pair of you (laughs) i want luke to appreciate the effort of we fans put into rr so i made this on mondays the regulars in the chat wanted to know the answer to an important question so here it is in meme form See attached what does it say
1: i had to watch 49 times go back go back go back go back go back I had to watch 49 times to catch this perfect moment. Yeah, that's pretty, fun. that's fair. Um, Ryan Hall, Bruce, <laughs> Bryce Mitchell. Uh, I'd pick Ryan Hall, but, but Bryce is obviously a beast. Whenever BC does a live interview <laughs> with an attractive
0: female fighter. <laughs> <laughs> you old horn dog. Um, so here's Danger Mouse's final work.
1: Resume review, curses dead, donks. Masvidal's curse was just older and stronger. But, Luke, you did reviews on both UFC 272 fighters. Oh, so they cancel out? Is that the idea? Like the curse is still on because of that?
0: Well, Luke, the MK merch team and fan submission team loved Danger Mouse's idea for uh, Pornhub MK. That They are launching a shirt on our website, morningcombat.store, right now. You can go is, to is that. Is it live website. right now? and order this filthy piece of fabric right here, and I'm told to tell uh, Danger Mouse that he is getting a care package with both of the shirts, uh, and and thank him Shouts for the him. inspiration. Shouts there. to him, yeah. um, Are you going to wear that around? I mean, I can't, I can't wear that shit, okay? I don't know
1: that anyone in... in I don't, okay. Yeah, I don't, know, I don't know if anyone in my orbit knows the joke there, so I might be able to get away with it. All right. How are you that's feeling, the, BC? Uh, fans we're fans waiting fans. on Tim Zoo We're told he's. We're gonna get him. But... Yeah, our
0: down under fans are gonna be fired up because you know they've been. Dude,
1: can we say something? I love our down under fans. Yeah, yeah. they're they're passionate and uh, very friendly. The Aussies are. The Canadians get a rep for being friendly, which is deserved. Yo, the
0: Canadians are friendly as shit.
1: Super friendly. They, that, that's a real thing. Yo, Aaron
0: Bronsteder's like he he bleeds Canada. Yeah,
1: he's awesome about it. But I gotta say, the Australians they're they're pretty cool too, man. Yeah. The yeah. English the English fans they're great. They're amazing, but they like to. They like to poke and needle a little bit, you know what I'm saying? You're saying
0: they'll fight you at the end of the day, where the Aussie fans are like welcome you in. And no, like, the Aussies will fight, fight your bitch house. ass
1: too, but they're that's true, yeah. They they I, they they seem a little bit less. What do the English say? Banter, a little bit less yes. on the
0: banter. Yes, banterish.
1: Um, um, we're gonna. Hey, hold on, hold on. This was a good show. We strung uh, yeah. this together with no news.
0: <laughs> As with most of the things we produced for Morning Combat, Luke, I uh, never know leaving it if it was our best work of all time or our last work, yeah, or so, our last or one. the worst thing ever. Done. There's a fine line, Luke, between comedians and real comedy, right? There's a fine line. I'm not saying we always get there. Maybe once in a while we'll Are throw we a Are we presenting ourselves as real comedians? Water. We should not be. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's, not, that's not what it's all about. This is a podcast that only talks about the podcast, okay? Um, we're going to welcome him in a seconds away. So Tim Zhu is the unbeaten 154 pound uh, contender because he's coming on and he's set to make his U.S. debut. March 26th, it is the kickoff event in Showtime's new spring and summer schedule, nine events over five months. And, Luke, March 26th, Tim Zhu stepping up against uh, U.S. Olympian, former world title challenger, Terrell Gaucher. Luke, this is a hell-yeah fight, but given the history of Tim Zhu, his Hall of Fame dad cost you, this is going to be a big deal, that I said to my people, get me Tim Zhu. I want to go down under right now. All right, Luke? Yeah, they're setting up his – I want to go down under all right
1: they're they're uh they're setting up a his his interview back there so this should be fun
0: because this guy looks like he could be the real deal luke all right they're gonna
1: throw him on the tv so i think we're gonna get him here <clears> right <throat> away bc you want to take this one absolutely
0: absolutely there, oh, there he is, is. hey Look
1: at that guy, right there.
0: That guy looks is. ready
1: uh one one quick note uh Corey, can you turn your microphone up because I, I have a trouble hearing yeah,
0: I like that Need mid-show more? direction. As we mentioned, the man you are looking at right there is Tim Zhu, son of the Hall of Famer Kostya, but blazing his own trail at 154 pounds. Tim, we are fired up that you are at this point in your career and you're taking the step to do it, to make that U.S. debut, but to make it big, to do it main event on Showtime against a very, very tough opponent in Terrell Gaucher. How much from your position have you heard the drumbeat in the States that Tim Zhu, you know, it's time, and he's coming. He's coming on. Tim Zhu, you're coming on, brother. How, you know, how long in the making has this been for you? Because we've been wanting to know if you're for real or not, and it's time to find out.
2: Yeah, well, look, it's it's, it's been a few years in the making. Um, I've been waiting for this moment for, for quite a long time. Uh, we had plenty of um, COVID situations that we couldn't get through, but you know why? We're finally here, and I'm, I'm glad... All this COVID stuff slowly ending, and um, we're here to to make noise, that's for sure.
0: It's going to be Terrell Gaucher, as we mentioned. Just first off, look, you know his resume. You saw the knockout win against Jamonte Clark. He's he's out there. He's ready. This is a great test of where you're at. Where do you think Terrell Gaucher is at entering this fight?
2: Yeah, look, he's a tough challenger, but I intend to just take it away from him, man. (laughs) That's it.
1: <laughs> Tim, Australia is in an interesting position right now in combat sports. There's you, obviously. Uh, Cambosis did incredible work against Teofimo Lopez on the UFC side. You got Volkanovski, Robert Whitaker on the on the, across the, the water there in New Zealand. You got some great fighters as well.
0: What just happened? say it, Adesanya, just Adesanya,
1: say it. yeah. But the point I'm trying to make is I'm not going to say all of a sudden because obviously this has been in the works for some time, but why are we seeing now this, like, burgeoning movement of really high-level elite combat sports athletes, both in boxing and in MMA from Australia?
2: Yeah, yeah look, we've got plenty of talent here. Uh, we're a small little island and we're away from everything, but um, we've got plenty of talent here. And, and it's all about um, opportunities, you know, and... and we're just taking each opportunity uh, step by step, and I think um, we're going to make a lot of noise in the in the world scene soon.
1: Okay, we mentioned he mentioned you're taking on Terrell Gaucher, but do me a little bit more than that. Size him up for me when you evaluate him as a competitor. What do you consider to be the main obstacles you have to solve?
2: Oh, look, he's got he's got quick hands. Um, he's got a good good work rate. Uh, good jab. Uh, his experience, uh, but I, I, I have to be better in every single aspect to beat him. So, and I, and I believe I've got all the tools that, that's needed there.
0: Tim, in terms of this debut and what it means for you and your career, look, as fans uh, that you know, we work for Showtime. We, you know, we're all connected in the same company. We're fired up that that you're coming to this network that your dad had big success on. But this seems like you are going after obviously the biggest names possible, who all seem to be under the PBC flag, whether it's Fox or Showtime on American television. Does this, How long does this? You know, how long does this put you in the mix here? I mean, are, are you a, a going to be a consistent U.S.-based fighter fighting on these networks uh, moving forward, or is this sort of a one-off to test it?
2: Now, look, I think. Um... We've got a good relationship working with PBC Showtime. So, you know, I think there's plenty of, um, there's, a, there's definitely a future ahead. And um, at the moment, I'm buzzing from all of this stuff, man, being in America and, and just having my, my first spa here in America uh, the other day was just, just incredible, you know. Um, it's pretty cool. And, you know, for me, it's like a new chapter and a, a new beginning. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's going to be plenty more years ahead
1: tim you're in america right now right yeah yeah okay favorite thing about america least favorite thing about america
2: <laughs> it's hard to find good food here man everything's so fattening <laughs> and that could be a good thing as well <laughs> yeah
1: that's a fair point we are very fat he's this definitely is a real... seen
2: this show before luke i <laughs> yes, can tell yes, i can yes. tell now that's for very sure. fair that's very fair and the coffee man you guys they haven't got the best coffee. Yeah, you
1: know what? I have heard, no, this is true. I have heard that Australian coffee, I've heard two things about Australian coffee. One, it's very good. Two, I've heard you guys have a culture of sitting down for coffee. Like it's a, like you don't just get coffee and go, you sit down together. Is that right? Yeah,
2: yeah. Everyone, everyone always sits down for a coffee. Yeah, I hear they got
0: strong shit down there in Melbourne.
2: That's what I hear, okay?
1: Yeah, fair enough.
0: Uh, Tim, look, your dad's not your trainer. You're your own fighter, but you know, you and your brother grew up watching your dad be the man be that you know be that bad guy at the end of the movie or video game and taking people out what i respect about you the most in carving out your own path skills wise is you seem to have that glowing intangible early that this isn't like you know overly scary to you like you've lived this life already in a different form you now stepping up on the brightest stage coming to the us all this pressure you're like Dude, I, you know, as Paulie Malignaggi once famously said, I make love to pressure. You look like you're you're about it, like there's not a doubt in your mind. Is that just the advantage you get of growing up as the son of a Hall of Famer?
2: Yeah, I'd, I'd say uh, there'd be a bit of experience there, of course, uh, growing up watching that. But um, at the end of the day, I've had um, nine pay-per-view fights in Australia. And, and pay-per-view means, you know, it's, it's quite a big show and fighting on stadiums, so Nothing phases me, man. I'm just, I'm just chilled and all I like to do is punch on, so,
1: (laughs) simple. Tim, what was, you obviously had no, you know, 20 fights deep in your career, you watched your father's career. I guess what I would ask is, having been this far along and watched what your father did, what would you say was the biggest lesson you took from his career, not that you want to do the same thing, but it it informed your judgment about how to pursue things. What what lesson did you learn?
2: Oh, that's uh, easy, man. Uh, Simple. um, Discipline. Discipline, he uh, taught me discipline and, um, you know, to, to always be at training session, no matter if you're sore or tired. Uh, uh, you got to work hard for, for all your goals, you know, and, and, and that's, what I, that's what I do.
0: Uh, when talking about your father's great career, uh, in moments that you either watch live or years, you know, watch the tape of, you know, the Zab Judah win obviously is going to be first in so many people's mind. But, you know, for fans of Showtime history, your dad's final fight against Ricky Hatton was such a big deal and a great fight. It obviously didn't go uh, the way of your family. Is that fight ever talked about around the old man, or has he still got, like, PTSD with it?
2: Nah, I think that fight doesn't get mentioned at all. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: What fight does get mentioned? What what one does he talk about?
2: Which fight does he talk about? I, I guess, um... There's a few. There's the Zap Jitter, of course. Yep. Um, the Julio Cesar Chavez, you know, growing up watching, my dad said, watching him fighting an idol was, was incredible. And uh, he said his best performance was against uh, Gonzalez. Mm. Right, now, we, we just
1: had uh, George Cambosis over here, and he did the amazing work, obviously. And of course, that was a big debut for him in this market. This is going to be your big debut against Terrell Gaucher. Now, obviously, the best-case scenario is a win, a knockout, something like that. But I guess my question is, when you're done with that fight, what do you want American fans and media to say about you? What is a scenario that you want to look at when, when your hand gets raised?
2: The bad guy. The bad,
0: the
1: bad guy? Man.
2: Why? I just want to be the bad man, you know, that takes everyone out.
0: Yeah, that, that could happen. Uh, there's the Luckily for you, us... You know, like I mentioned, all the big names at 154 seem to be under that PBC banner. And with the launch of this schedule, your fight against Gaucher, of course, March 26th, but Erickson Lubin against Fundora. And then we get Charlo Castaño, two for all four title belts. That first fight was amazing, but I feel like, you, you know, if anyone deserved a decision, it was probably Castanio. Here we are back a second time. How do you handicap this? How t- are these two the two best in the division besides yourself, in your opinion?
2: Yeah, I think um, the wins in my eyes. I think he the work rate. Um, Charlo likes to wait around, and uh, yeah, he, he's got power in both hands, and and that's and that's what he relies on. And he's got good boxing skills. Uh, but Costano's work rate, I think, um, wins the fight.
1: Tim, what is your number one goal for 2022? Right to win this fight is first thing first. Uh, March 26th, we get it. But again, for by New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, 2023. What has what should have happened by by that point?
2: And just just keep punching heads in, and that's it. <laughs> couldn't care less who it is. Just keep punching heads. I in. mean, you do you have
0: a working plan that if the if the opportunity for the winner of Castano Charlo two falls in your lap, you take it.
2: A hundred percent. I'll take anyone on, man. I was, I was ready to, to, to fight Charlo in, in, in three weeks' notice. You know when uh, Castano pulled out. I couldn't care less. I'll fight. Whoever, man, honestly.
0: Uh, Let's close with this. Anytime you're hailed as, you know, one of the next big things you're going to get, people just as quickly say, no, man, I see it. That guy ain't for real. He ain't the real. Why are you for real? What what makes you different from this division, which is loaded of young guys, veteran guys? What is going to end up being the difference in you cutting through it and making 154 your mountaintop?
2: Oh, I, I just have to, I know, I know for a fact, uh, how I am as a fighter. I'm actually to prove it to everyone. Um, everyone's got a bit of skill. Everyone's got a bit of heart. Uh, but you've got to be the ultimate package. I believe uh, I've got that ultimate package against everyone because, you know, you've got to be able to adapt in, in any situation.
0: Ultimate package, Luke. I, I wish I, you know, wish I was on that level. You're not. I'm You're not. not. But this yeah. guy, but this guy's never. never he is. Yeah, this he guy. Is. I bet they're lining up for this guy. Tim Zhu, thank you for the time. I know our fans are going to be fired up March 26th one on thing, Showtime.
1: Tim, Tim, if we ever get you to New York City, we'll get you some good coffee here. I promise.
0: Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. yeah, right. That's, okay. <laughs> That's Tim Zhu. Thank Thanks, you boy. so much. Best of luck Thanks, to you. Tim. Thanks,
1: Tim. There he is. Tim Zhu, one of the one of the potential future grits.
0: Now, uh... That, this has been a been phenomenal a show. show to get an impromptu.
1: Now, Corey said something to me which I could not understand because he talked to me while Tim Zhu was talking. I think he
0: was speaking Jawa to you.
1: Well, uh, what were you saying, Corey? Uh, no, we're good. We can take a break.
3: <laughs> all right.
0: We're going to get another fighter interview uh, pretty soon. We're going to have all that shit on YouTube.com slash Morning Combat. we chat with Steven Espinoza, David Benavidez, Stephen Fulton Jr. You'll be seeing these sprinkle in and more names to come. Uh, thank you to this Malka team, to Tim Zhu for dropping by last minute, to the documentarian Jake for showing that unique blend of flavor and spicing. I mean, that guy is something. I call
1: that ball grease and life.
0: <laughs> I mean, like by not trying to develop an iconic look that 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 weird genius has created an iconic look
1: that's true that's you know what true I'm saying? yes uh, showtime.com is the label that pays go to showtime.com get a 30 day free trial if you like it you can keep it if not pound sand and if you like
0: adult film themed mk shirts go to morningcombat.store cuz they're there right now that
1: is at morningcombat.store for your adult themed mk shirts Uh, morningcombat at gmail.com will be the email for reaching the show for Friday's Dead Wrongs, which I'm sure they are copious. (laughs) And uh, we'll get you ready on Friday for all the big fights over the weekend. And, of course, as we mentioned, Stephen Espinosa interview, Stephen Fulton, David Benavidez, Tim Zhu will pull this one out. We also have one... Uh, I don't know if I mentioned it already. Steven Smith, so I got I it Yo, twice. Tim Zou's
0: about that line. Tim
1: Zou is all business. All business. All business.
0: You know, there's some guys that aren't about talking about it. They're all Spencers like that, right? I mean, he's talking about it to a degree, but he's not going to sit here and just, like, get braggadocious unless you're Sean Porter and you're pressing that button yeah. over and over again, right? Yeah. What was your favorite moment of today's show? It's a hard question. Uh, Jake. Jake. Jake? Jake, 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 Jake Roseman, Rose, the hero. I Jake had to could.
1: humiliate myself for you, and then you could pick Jake. You know,
0: I thought I thought you were going to choose Phil to do the shots. You know, the guy that loves women of all ages? I mean, all ages, bro. Okay, you know what I
1: mean? <laughs> wow. Wow. All right, on that Yo, note. That
0: guy went to Vanderbilt.
1: Yeah, he did. On that note, uh, for everyone at Showtime, Malka, CBS Sports, is Brian Campbell. <laughs> I'm Luke Thomas. Back on Friday. And until then, may all of your gains be loyal.